Welcome to B2B Sales Trends, the podcast dedicated to sales leaders in the B2B space, where we share conversations about innovative and successful sales transformations to keep you up to date on the latest trends. This podcast is brought to you by Global Performance Group. Welcome, everybody, yet to another fabulous uh, episode of the B2B Sales Trends podcast, the talk, the podcast that brings you tips, tricks, hacks, thought leadership in terms of anything to do with sales, marketing, and customer success. It's brought to you by us, who is us. Us is Global Performance Group, a revenue improvement boutique that implements behavior change for salespeople to have the courage to engage and create and shape and sell value during every client interaction. Today, I have with me Ed Hoffman. Ed is the president of CPS Competitive Business Solutions. Welcome to the podcast, Ed. How are you doing? Great. I'm glad to join you today. Uh, fabulous. Thank you for your time. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, to start off here, about your journey in the professional services industry and how you found it? Uh, CBS and your journey to date. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. Uh, sure. I, so I started in uh, corporate America, maybe like a lot of folks. I'm an engineer by training. I worked for some of the Fortune 50 companies like GE, uh, Lockheed Martin. And after about 15 years or so, uh, sort of in the corporate journey life, uh, thought that there was an opportunity to kind of create a different type of service company. And that was really based on my experience working with some of the large consulting houses uh, out there. And uh, I felt there was room for uh, a firm that did uh, really practical application, took sort of these academic concepts and were able to drive them into uh, the business. And so we formed in 2000, over 23 years ago, uh, been very successful and uh, it's been a great journey. Uh, fabulous. Obviously, we're talking about uh, sales and the experience and so forth. Uh, how challenging was it for you to uh, build sort of a sales engine within uh, within your back then startup all these years ago? Yeah, so I would say that it's really been a journey. Uh, mm -hmm. It starts with, in my case, I didn't join a company. I started a company and our company was focused on continuous improvement and building uh, capabilities and processes within a company. And I thought first, um, maybe it's a good thing that I actually became really good at that and uh, um, and understood how those processes need to work. And that actually caused the problem because I became the top sales guy. And when they hired CBS, they were hiring me. So making that transition between selling yourself and selling your company was probably the biggest um, challenge. And it took much longer than it should have, because really as a small business owner, you're out on your own trying to figure that stuff out, reading different books. Uh, but fundamentally, it's trial and error. And then once you actually secure a job, you're kind of focused trying to make sure that job is successful <clears throat> so that you have, you know, good reputation and, and um, good references going for your next job. Uh, but uh, that, journey, that, you know, that journey, so to speak, uh, really started to flip about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where we were able to start and I was able to start uh, transitioning to selling the company. And exactly how that happened and when that happened is sort of uh, a little blurry. It was sometimes after the financial crisis. 
but it's been sort of an upward trajectory since then. Uh, but there's been a lot of gaps in how to do that. Right. And we, we've actually met through a, a, a CEO group uh, uh, called Collective 54. I think we can mention it. And uh, we got to know each other uh, quite a bit. And uh, being a similar size, we will have uh, very, uh, very similar uh, challenges in this. Talking a little bit about uh, sales and your, your experience in it, how, how do you see how sales has evolved all these years ago once you started to what it is now? Uh, what were sort of the, the challenges back then? Are they continuing to be the same challenges nowadays? How has it evolved uh, the whole sales arena in your opinion? Well, it certainly is more complex now than it was, uh, I'll say, 10, 15 years ago for us. Um, our network and who we're selling to is uh, generally C-suite. Mm. Uh, back then, really based on personal network, um, the complexity of the sale was more straightforward. Um, a lot of those folks have retired out uh, or... Uh, just change roles if they're not in that same uh, kind of capacity. And so the sales have gotten more complex for us. Our ability to build advocacy within the company is really critical and essential. Some of that ties to the, the size of the footprint that we're working on within the company right? and the scale of work that we're doing and the partnerships that we create um, in that process. Um, and all those partnerships need to be reinforcing. So if we're partnered with some of the larger firms like uh, Bain or IBM or some of the other large companies, mm. it's not a competitive partnership. It's a partnership to further the capability within the client. And so mm. there's lateral relationships that we need to keep building as, as uh, along with, of course, continuing to deepen our relationship within the client. Yeah. And it's really a challenge. And, and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of, customers of ours are facing very similar issues to what we are facing, right? There are so many more stakeholders nowadays in the sales process. How do you engage with each one of them? How do you identify the needs with each one of them? And naturally, we are sort of drawn more to a certain persona of buyer, and we tend to sometimes neglect other stakeholders because we're drawn to the conversations we want to have and we feel comfortable with versus making sure, for example, a typical issue is that people are failing to engage with the financial buyer or financial stakeholder within a team. They rather want to talk about technical specs and so forth. So it, it has been more complex uh, uh, these days to make sure that within your sales process, you are not just mapping all your stakeholders, but also engaging with all of them in the right way. What sort of trends do you see, uh, uh, trends or, or challenges going forward for professional service company companies when it comes to uh, your sales process and how you sell to your clients? So I want to I want to tap into what you were just talking about and sure. then I'll, I'll kind of yeah. into the question you were going. I think one of the changes for us anyway is the the recognition or the expectation from the client, I'm not exactly sure, that everyone we have in the at the client is essentially a salesperson. Not that, I, not that we want them out there not delivering high quality services, because we do, 
but the touch point is with that individual between our folks and the client. And that might obviously sound like Captain Obvious and sure, of course, but the reality is there's a lot of coaching we need to do, particularly if we're bringing someone from a company or industry and we're bringing them into consulting services or that kind of services, their work experience wasn't that. Their work experience was, hey, I'm working for a company, you sent me over to another plant, it's still our company and I just dig in and do work. I don't really care what they think of me. They don't look at it from a customer perspective at each and every point that they're on site working. And so those touch points become really vitally important right. to us so that the reputation of the company is broad and how that has helped. And um, it's maybe kind of the complexity going forward is uh, some of the things that have changed is there's a much higher rotation of of leadership at the companies we're working with. People are there much shorter periods of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the U.S., and most people know this, pension programs are a thing of the past. Companies do not work to keep people um, for long service. The expectation is, in some cases, that, yep, people will change. People will pick Mm -hmm. up and move and not necessarily move within their company, move uh, to another company, uh, particularly the smaller uh, companies, but also true at the large companies. And so the ability to have that broad network and have that experience with our company very positive, because people at lower level within the company could become a higher level, either in that company or a different company. So our touch points and the trend of rotation and movement can be a real negative, if all we were doing was focused on those three sweet C-suite folks that brought us in, or it could be extremely positive if we're connecting at the next level down and the next level down much broader. And that in fact has fed our, our sales and our sales pipeline. Right. And uh, so that once somebody leaves that you have a wide enough network to fall back on and continue conversations uh, as, as you were going. Absolutely. Completely, completely agree with you. You mentioned that you were an engineer originally when you started out and uh, you brought your expertise uh, uh, to the table and uh, your valuable opinions to your clients. Now, have you, um, let me rephrase the question here. Have, uh, typically, when we work with engineers and, uh, and those, uh, those sort of clienteles, uh, the tendency is that people tend to have a technical conversation with their clients. Now, our approach a lot of the time is you also need to have an outcome-based focused conversation. Do you see that a challenge to uh, within your salespeople and within your team to do the same thing? How? Uh, what's what's your opinion on that topic? Uh, it it. Yeah, let me, it, it is a huge problem for us. Uh, it's one of those transitions that took place um, a number of years ago. And then it seems to um, sort of two steps forward, one step back sometimes uh, because of the folks that you're bringing into your company and what their background and skill sets have. And um, it gets amplified, unfortunately, because sometimes depending on who you're talking about, Uh, talking with at the client or at a potential customer, 
They want to have a technical conversation. And before you're done, an hour has gone by and you've never gotten right. in, you never got to what is the outcome that we're trying to achieve. Right. And you never get to what are those next steps? You've had a fascinating discuss, discussion around some right. technology. In our case, it could be some software, some solutions, some of the things that uh, some of the challenges in the plant, but not what would happen if to give them the vision of what would that outcome look like once we got to uh, changing these kinds of things within your operations. Right. And it goes back to what, what we mentioned earlier, you sort of gravitating to the conversations that you're most comfortable with because, hey, I know my, I have my expertise. I know my domain really well. Let's talk about this versus how can this help you improve your business? And it, it, and it's difficult for salespeople because they need to come out of their comfort zone. That's something uncomfortable for them to do, uh, especially when they come from an a engineer background and it's sort of a technical background. Uh, very interesting. You know, as a leader within your, within your organization and within your uh, uh, domain, what sort of strategies or tactics have you found are really effective uh, to to upskill and and uh, and bring basically people to that level where they need to have that kind of conversation. So we've we've done a couple of different things, um, and I'll just walk through that. Uh, we have tried the um, and really with modest success, I'll call it a, uh, a circle of competency or council of competency. We will. Um, meet as a uh, small group. We'll have some information, books, articles, different things that we'll talk about. Uh, we will um, uh, try to understand the concepts and how to apply them. Uh, we use uh, the terminology standard work a lot in, in the world that I work in, which is mm. it's essentially the steps you would go do and how you go do it. Uh, for different types of work, uh, different types of activities. So we talk in terms of how that would affect our standard work in sales. Um, and uh, recently, of course, Harry, we went through your training and uh, and that got brought to the council. So in, in this case, it was me. I brought that concept to our council and said, uh, here's here's an opportunity. Um, it's a different way to, to learn about um, uh, sales and training, outcome-based selling, um, some of the, essentially the, we, we all went through that training. Um, the difference between, uh, what, what was offered in that outcome-based selling versus kind of how we were doing it previously is that term standard work was built into that outcome-based selling. And so for us, that translation became much easier and our conversations became much easier. So, um, standard work and that kind of methodology allows us to have common language, common approach, but being able to coach and reinforce it is actually quite difficult as, as, as you know, and, and so it became an enabler. So the council is the structure mm. and, and as I said, sometimes it's two steps forward, one steps back. Sometimes it's a result of some successes or not, um, but it does allow some reinforcement. And then what, content and what we do and how we use it, uh, we bring in different sources. Right. 
Um, well, th thank you for the for the kind words about uh, the work that we did with you. But I, I thought it was really interesting uh, that the whole the standard work sort of frame that you have referred to something that every company is struggling with, right? There has to be a standard, but how do we get everybody to comply to it and execute on that standard? I think it's um, it's really challenging. And I have uh, one last question before I let you go. Um, if there is one tip you can give uh, for uh, salespeople or client-facing people uh, that they need to take on board to be ready for the future and the future conversations with their clients, what would that be? One tip. Know the client before you walk in. Amen. Easier Fair. said than done. But. Right. Really tough, right? How do you, because this is really interesting, I don't know exactly the percentage, but I think it's something like, um, seventy percent ish of the buying decision is already made before uh, the client or the prospect engages uh, with the salesperson because information is everywhere. So if you turn up to a sales conversation as a salesperson and bring the same old, same old stuff that they actually know already and can acquire that knowledge for somebody else. You're not adding any value to that conversation. So how do you get to a thought-provoking uh, dialogue versus coming up with, uh, uh, you know, stuff that they know already? So linking exactly into what you say, know your customer, be prepared for it, and be prepared to bring something different to the table here. Uh, interesting. Ed, thank you so much. We really appreciate uh, your time. Uh, for not just your time, but also your fabulous insights. I know our listeners will really appreciate your input. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in again. Until the next episode, happy selling, look after yourself, and we'll speak soon. Thank you, Ed. Thank you. Thank you for the time.